Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Anything and Everything podcast, a show about anything, everything, and all that's in between. Today, as you might notice, if you are watching us from YouTube, we are in person. Who is this? Your host. <laughs> Rowan Domachek of the Soviet Union, that so is. So true. And we are joined today by a special guest, that is Birds, our panda bear stuffy. Our new mascot, thank you. Our new mascot. And we are here today with another episode in the new year of 2022, mind you. With the year of our Lord. Christ. Um, <laughs> we are here with some more Romeo and Juliet. We are wrapping up what scene, what act, Rowan? We are wrap. We're not wrapping up. We are going on with see Act Two, Scene Three and Four. Um, we got new characters introduced. We got some turning of the tide. Some big plot happening. Big, big, big things are happening. Big things. Big, very new important character things. introduced. That being Friar Lawrence. You love him. You've heard of him. We hate him. We hate him a lot. With such a, with such a deep contempt. A burning passion, really. We just, oh god, I hate him so much. We hate him with a but passion. But, do we have a philosophical question of the week? We do have our question of the week. Our question is, is it more admirable to live for a cause or to die for it? Because I think we see a lot of, like, he died for this, and it's like, well, <laughs> I don't think the people who live for it really get enough credit. That's probably true. Although, you know. But I think, it, if you think about it this way, you had to live for it to die for it. Yeah, but the, I well, I guess, if you're <laughs> if you're going to play that kind of, it negates the entire question if you say that. That's true. But is it more admirable to live for it or die for it? I don't want to say to die for it, because that feels so cheesy. Do it wrong. Say what you, Say what you believe in your heart of hearts. I don't know about admirable, but I know I think it leaves a bigger impact to Ooh. die for it. I don't think, I think if you were just say, oh, I lived for this, it's like, eh, okay. It's like, I died for this. It's like, okay, then. Well, if you're dead, you can't really say I died for it. Dude. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? You haven't shared anything. Um, well. Besides for crapping on my idea. <laughs> that's what I do best. Um, I, I think that, you know, a lot of work goes into, you know, of course, living for it, but. I don't know. I think dying for it is kind of easy. I think. I think yeah. living for it is much more difficult, and I think living for it is harder. Yeah, more admirable. Well, you just hopped on my my bandwagon because I said that. Well, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yet. Well, you were going to die for, but as soon as I said, well, I know because I didn't think about that. You introduced a new. Po- and welcome back to the Anything and Everything podcast. That was our question discussion. <laughs> that was our question discussion, and well, the end of it is more admirable to I believe we've said live I for it. I think we came to that conclusion, yes. We came to that conclusion and without further ado what you all all of you have been waiting for all of you good old Canadians out there. <laughs> all of you good old Canadians. Romeo and Juliet. Scene 3. Nope. Yes. Act 2, scene Act 3. Act 2, scene 3. There we go. Would you like to read the summary or shall I? Go for it. I'm going to do it so well. So in this scene, it's not the longest of scenes. We only have it's, two characters. It's not. But we have Romeo and Friar Lawrence, and for some context, Friar Lawrence is the town's, this little civilization's holy man, and he uh, comes around giving everybody advice, especially Romeo, who I think is fair to say he's the kind of mentor of. Yeah, maybe father figure. I don't, I, I'm sure uh, Mr. Montague doesn't serve much of that purpose. Oh, yeah, no. Mr. Um, Montague is out on the town doing some nasty stuff. Meanwhile, Friar Lawrence is keeping up the home. But our scene summary here, as Romeo approaches... Friar Lawrence delivers a speech about the power of herbs and plants to heal and poison. Both of those. 
both, both of those of things. Romeo enters halfway through, waits for Friar to finish, and then asks for his help in marrying Romeo and Juliet. Friar Lawrence marvels at how quickly Romeo switched from loving Rosalind to loving Juliet, but he also realizes that a marriage between the two households might destroy their little feud, and so he dis he agrees to go along with it. But that he does. Yeah, and we we'll hate see him. the kind of effect that that has on the. <laughs> He's not really good at his job, let's just say. That's if, inaccurate. No, I didn't mean to spoil anything, but... If, if that counts as a spoiler. I know, especially... You you must not have listened to the very first episode where we go over the prologue and eat many spoilers, but go listen to that. The prologue spoils it all. We don't have to do that for you. All the spoils. All, all the spoils. But here we are. Friar Lawrence, would you like to read it? Sure. Yeah, we're going to redo the scene, and then as we do, we'll go back and analyze... We've got only two characters. We've got the friar and Romeo. I'll take the friar. We'll do Romeo. The gray-eyed morn smiles on the frowning night, checkering the eastern clouds with streaks of light and fleckled darkness like a drunkard reels from fourth day's path and tightens fiery wheels. Now, ere the sun advance, his burning eye, the day to cheer and night's dank drew, dew to dry. I must upfill this osier cage of ours with baleful weeds and precious juice and flowers. Yeah. Go on. Don't interrupt me. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Don't look at me that way. The earth that's nature's mother is her tomb. What her? What is her burying grave that is her womb? And from her womb, children of diverse kind, we sucking on her natural bosom, find many for the many virtues excellent, none but for some, and yet all different. Oh, mickle is the powerful grace that lies in plants, herbs, stones, and their true qualities. For not so vile that on the earth no doth live, but to the earth some special good doth give. Nor aught so good, but strained from that fair use, revolts from true birth, stumbling on abuse. Virtue turns itself vice, being misapplied, and vice sometimes by action dignified. With the infant rind of this weak flower, poison hath residence in medicine power. For this being smelt with that part cheers each part, being tasted says all senses with the heart. To such opposed kings encamp them still in man as well as herbs, grace, and rude will. And where the worser is predominant, full soon the canker death eats up that plant. Good morrow, father. Benedictite, what early tongue so sweet saluteth me? Young son, it argues a, a distempered head so soon to bid good morrow to thy bed. Care keeps his watch in every old man's eye, and where care lodges sleep will never lie. But where unbruised youth with unstuffed brim doth couch his limbs, there golden sleep doth reign. Therefore thy earliness doth me assure that art thou art aproused with some distemperature, or if not so, then here I hid it right. Our Romeo hath not but in bed tonight. <laughs> oh, that last is true, the sweeter rest was mine. Good God pardon sin. <laughs> <laughs> Washed thou with Rosaline? Oh, with Rosaline, my ghostly father, no! God, I have forgot that name, and that name's woe. That's my good son. Where hast thou been, then? Oh, well, I'll tell thee, ere thou ask it me again. I have been feasting with mine enemy. Where, on a sudden, one hath wounded me, that's by me wounded. Both are remedies within thy help, and holy physic lies. I bear no hatred, blessed man, for lo, my intercession likewise steads my foe. Be plain, good son, and homely in thy drift. Riddling confession finds but riddling shrift. Then plainly know, my heart's dear love is set on the fair daughter of rich Capulet. Uh, 
As mine on hers, hers is set on mine, and all combined, <laughs> save what thou must combine by holy marriage. When and where and how we met, we wooed and made exchange of vow. I'll tell thee as we pass, but this I pray, that thou consent to marry us today. Holy St. Francis, what a change is here! Is Rosalind that thou didst love so dear, so soon forsaken? Young men's love then lies not truly in their hearts, but in their eyes. Jesus Maria, what a deal of brine hath washed thy sallow cheeks for Rosaline! How much salt water thrown away in waste to season love, that of it doth not taste! The sun not yet thy sighs from heaven clears, thy old groans yet ringing in mine ancient ears. Lo, here upon thy cheek the stain doth sit of an old tear that has not washed off yet. If e'er thou wast thyself, and these woes thine, thou and these woes were all for Rosaline! And art thou changed? Pronounce the sentence, then women may fall when there is no strength in men. Thou charts me oft for loving Rosalind. For doting, not for loving, pupil mine. And bats me bury love. Not in a grave to lay one another, another I, out to have. I pray thee, chide not. Her I love now doth grace for grace, and love for love. Allow. <laughs> the other did not so. Oh, she knew well thy love did read by rote, that could not spell. But come, young waverer, come go with me, and when respect I'll thy assistant be, for this alliance may so happy prove to turn your household's rancor to pure love. Oh, let us hence. I stand on sudden haste. Wisely and slow, they stumble that run fast. Excellent. That what a was, scene. That, what, a, what an amazing scene. What a scene. What the best scene. Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Just, oh my god. No, it's a great scene. And so, <laughs> and so we have our Romeo and Friar Lawrence who are engaging in some little interplay, a little bit of a dialogue there. And uh, we've got a lot to go over. So We do. Would you like to analyze first or shall I? I'll go ahead and start out there. You do it. With our first... I'd say first four lines to go on. Um, the gray-eyed morn smiles on the frowning night, checkering the eastern clouds with streaks of light and fleckled darkness like a drunkard reels from fourth day's past. I always say these past. From fourth day's path and Titan's fiery wheels. Not too much here. Um, we've got that a couple um, vocabulary and then a little bit of an illusion there. Illusion. A little illusion. Checkering. Coloring. <laughs> You were saying? <laughs> we got checkering or coloring. <laughs> yes. We've got fleckled or spotted um, from forth or away from. So all in all, that would come out to be the gray-eyed morn, morning, smiles on the frowning night, coloring the eastern clouds with streaks of light and spotted darkness like a drunkard reels from, wheels away from day's path and fightens. <laughs> That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, as a matter of fact. <laughs> And Titan's Fiery Wheels. Uh, Titan's Fiery Wheels, that is a little bit of a mythological illusion reference -y thing we got there. The friar here is, um, of course, referring to the mythological sun god, um, whoever that may be to you. <laughs> Um, who we embrace all religions. <laughs> I'm sure Shakespeare did too. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> um, who drove his fiery chariot across the sky each day. Each day? Every single day. Every single one? The, the sun, you know? That's just, oh my god, the sun. And <laughs> so we go forth from that titan's burning wheels. Now, ere the sun advance, his burning eye, the day to cheer and night's dank dew to dry. I must have filled this 
Osier. Osier, thank you. Osier cage of ours with baleful weeds and precious juiced flowers. So what this means is now air, now before the sun advances burning eye, the day to cheer and night's tank due to dry, I must upfill this Osier. Osier cage of ours with baleful weeds and precious juiced flowers. So Osier cage is a reference, a little Shakespearean wordplay for a wicker basket, which is much more colorful but unnecessary. Truly. Baleful, meaning poisonous. So he's saying that before the sun advances burning eye, before day descends and night creeps back into the shadows, I need to fill my wicker basket with all assortments of poisonous weeds and juiced flowers. Medicinal plants. Medicinal plants, herbs, all the like, really. Yeah. So, so far we've got a really convoluted way of saying, oh my god, it's the morning. <laughs> Um, and then oh, we have no. his to-do list. So, thanks, Fryer. Appreciate it. He's a great guy. Not real. We hate him. So much. Um, I'll take this next... I'll go ahead and just take the whole thought, maybe. You do that. Um, the earth, that's nature's mother, is her tomb. What is her burying grave? That is her womb. And from her womb, children of diverse kind, we, sucking on her natural bosom, find many for many virtues excellent. None but for some, and yet all different. That's a big old thought. It's the thought. Yeah. You know, you take it from to the period. That's the thought. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you take it to the period. That's how that That's Shakespearean grammar. Grammar is how grammar. <laughs> That's Shakespearean grammar for you. All right. So what is that thought saying, Rowan? I will, I will I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm waiting to hear. Um, okay. So we got that first two lines. Earth, that's nature's mother, is her tomb. What is her burying grave? That is her womb. So he's saying here, Mother Nerf. Mother Earth. Mother Earth is nature's womb, but it is also nature's tomb, as it is where we bury the dead. Very true. Um, that's pretty much it there. That is all there is. And then, going on, and from her womb, children of diverse or various kind, we, sucking on her natural bosom, find, or we find, sucking on Earth's natural bosom. How many times am I going to say that? Let's find out. <laughs> Keep a counter. Top right. <laughs> many for many virtues, excellent. Or uh, none but for some, or no virtues but for some, and yet all different. So, what we've got here... Please tell me. I'm going to tell you. I'm glad. Um, all have some power. Many of them have beneficial powers, and each one is different. How different, Roll? So different. <laughs> That's that. And that's that. That's that. And that's that. Thank you for enlightening me with that thought. You're so welcome. Oh, oh mickle is the powerful grace that lies in plants, herbs, stones, and their true qualities. For not so vile that on earth doth live, but to the earth some special good doth give. Okay. Oh, mickle. Mickle just means great. Again, a little bit of Shakespearean color there. But, uh, oh, mickle is the powerful grace to vine benefit that lies in plants, herbs, stones, and their true qualities, for not nothing so vile that on this earth doth live, but to the earth some special good doth give. He's basically going on his little tangent, going, oh, what goes around comes around essentially, and for all the good, for all the bad there is, there's these good plants as well, and earth is the natural giver and receiver of all. But, uh, yeah. I truly don't think there's a more boring character in this play. <laughs> Never has such a boring character been as influential. That's accurate. He's kind of awful. I hate him a lot. <laughs> a little too much, yeah. Um, but to the earth some special good doth give, nor aught so good but strained from that fair use, revolts from true birth, stumbling on abuse. 
Stumbling on abuse. What does that mean? Stumbling on abuse. What does it mean? Let's find out. So, to the earth, such a good doth give, nor aught or anything so good, but strained from that fair or appropriate use. So, um, nor anything so good, but strained from that appropriate use, revolts from true birth, stumbling on or encountering abuse. So, nothing is so good that it can't be abused when it's used inappropriately. So, really, he's just going on and on about these dang plants, giving us a real long, like, what, what to do or what not to do. Foreshadowing, perhaps. <laughs> that, that's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's foreshadowing. It's true. But we hate Spoilers. it. Spoilers. <laughs> but we hate it. But we hate it. Hate it so much. With a passion. Nothing I hate more. Uh, truly. Would you like to continue? I wouldn't. <laughs> Alrighty then. Virtue itself turns vice being misapplied and some vice sometimes by action dignified. Um, Kind of wrapping up this thought a little bit. Uh, virtue itself turns harmful being misapplied, and vice sometimes by action turns dignified. So really he's saying something good um, being misused, once again, can be turned harmful, and something harmful can be turned good with the right adjustments. Yes, and after this thought, he holds up a very tiny flower. Should have gotten a prop. Give, yes, well, go, cool. He, this is our flower, guys. He holds up the tiny... He holds up the tiny flower, the very tiny flower. Um... <laughs> Holds up the tiny flower and says, Within the infant rind of this weak flower, poison hath residence and medicinal power for this being spent. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does that mean, folks? Well, we'll tell you, folks. Uh, folks. 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 Another folks counter. <laughs> within the infant rind, within the young skin, essentially, um, you know, the rind on an orange or lemon or something like that, of this infant rind, of this weak flower, poison hath residence. And he's saying, of course, it's very self-explanatory, there is poison in this rind, this skin, as we've so diagnosed, and medicinal power for this being smelled. And then he proceeds to smell the flower. So, again, he's just going off of what he said before. With an example this time. <laughs> Every little thing has its good and its bad. This one is poisonous, <laughs> unless smelt. God. Um, for this being smelt with that part, cheers each part, being tasted, stays all senses with the heart. So, as Ty had mentioned, um... I <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, for this being smelt with that part, cures each part. Um, so, essentially, smelling it, it'll cure you. It'll heal you. But one taste will kill you. One taste stays all senses with the heart. One taste stops the heart. Um, so he's really digging into this flower for literally no reason. No. Um, None whatsoever. Though we could no say, you know, the poison later. Is it perhaps foreshadowing yet again? <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Two such opposed kings encamp them still in man as well as herbs. Grace and rude will, and where the worser is predominant, full soon the cankered death eats up the plant. So, two such opposed kings encamp them still, themselves always in man as well in herbs. Grace, goodness, and rude will, animal desire, he's talking about lust for some reason, um, and where the worser is predominant, meaning where lust is more prominent than the good in men, Full soon, quickly, the canker, 
worm of death eats up the plant. So he's basically saying, he's drawing a juxtaposition between humanity and this flower, which he is smelling aggressively. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying that the corruption, the rot, can bring an end to both. The worm of death will eat them. This is essentially a very, very convoluted analogy. And Romeo, he's just dying in the sidelines now, so he finally decides to kick open the door and enter himself. And he yes. says, Good morrow, Father, followed by Friar Lawrence's Benedicte. Which, what does that mean, Rowan? Bless me! It's a f Oh my god, it's an exclamation. It's an exclamation. Oh my god, you surprised me. What early tongue so sweet saluteth me? Go on. Yeah. So, what early tongue so sweet saluteth me? A.K.A. What are you doing here? Uh, Please tell me. Please tell me. Young son, it argues a distempered head so soon to bid good morrow to thy bed. Um, a distempered, a disturbed head so soon to bid good morrow or goodbye to thy bed. Um, so pretty much, why are you up so early? Who Who is it that is greeting me so early? And the fact that you got out of bed so early indicates to me that something is bothering you. <laughs> because you're a teen. Because you're a teen and you're an idiot. Care keeps his watch in every old man's eye. And where care lodges, sleep will never lie. Never. <sighs> Not in a million years. But where unbruised youth with unstuffed brain doth couch his limbs, there golden sleep doth reign. What does this mean? You should be asleep. Why aren't you asleep? You're a teenager. You're youthful. Why aren't you asleep? You have no cares in the world to worry about yet. <laughs> Why aren't you asleep? <sighs> but tell me right now. Um, so... Yes, just that exactly. Care keeps his watch in every old man's eye. Worry keeps his vigil in every old man's eye. So, I'm an old man, he's basically saying. Which, you know, most stereotypes portray them as wise. This one is not. No. Not in the slightest. Absolutely not. And where care lodges, sleep will never lie. Where worry lodges, sleep will never exist. Persist. You will not sleep if you are worried. And so, basically, I'm worried about you. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? You have nothing to worry about yet. Why aren't you asleep? Uh, but where unbruised youth will un with unstuffed brain doth couch his limbs, there golden sleep doth reign. But when unbruised, when untroubled youths, with very few cares, um, lay their limbs, couch his limbs, lay his limbs, there golden sleep doth reign, then he will sleep like a baby. Like a babe, but a so essentially he's saying, like, I can tell you're worried as you're not sleeping. Talk to me. Get these worries off your brain, and then you can sleep like a bebe. Therefore, thy earliness doth me assure thou art uproused by some distemperature. Or if not so, then here I hit it right. Our Romeo hath not been in bed tonight. From what I'm gathering, Friar likes to speak in riddles. Yes, he does, and he's also a little bit, uh, too interested on what this teenage boy is doing up at night. <sighs> therefore, thy earliness doth assure me, therefore, after all this explanation, you being up assures me that you are awakened by some sort of disturbance. Or, if you haven't been awakened by some sort of disturbance, then I'm get then I it's basically a game of guess who. If you haven't been up by some sort of disturbance, then I know exactly why you're up. Our Romeo hath not been in bed tonight. Not in the slightest. No. No, he's not. So he's like, if it wasn't some disturbance, then I was right, and you're worried about something. Um, 
and you simply have not slept. And Romeo's like, the last part is true. The sweeter rest was mine. Um, Which makes no sense, but, you know, seeing as he had no rest, but she's yeah. so joyful to be around that it's a sweeter rest nonetheless. Exactly. Um, so essentially he's saying, you were right. There's something keeping me up. I've not slept. It's this woman, Doc. Uh, Friar goes on with, God pardon sin, whilst about with Rosaline. Not much really there, but essentially saying, so you were with Rosalind, like, were you with, is that why you weren't up? Or you weren't asleep? And Romeo takes great offense at this and goes, with Rosalind, God, no, what? <laughs> I would never. She's ugly, I hate her. That's, nope. <laughs> In so many words. And he says, I have forgot that name, and that name's Woe. So basically, no, I'm not with Rosalind. Why would you ever think that? I've forgotten that name. She's in my past. And all the sadness that she carried with her. Yeah. One more thing to point out before we move on. Uh, he calls Friar his ghostly father or his spiritual father. Um, so that's a bit of a... Uh, more hinting at the father figure type of... There, yeah. yeah. Kind of what his role is in society. <laughs> He's a ghostly father. Friar goes on, that's my good son, but where hast thou been then? So it's like... Out of boy, but uh, where were you then? <laughs> that's my chaste boy. Yeah, that's where we like to see. And Romeo says, "I'll tell thee, ere thou ask it me again." And then he launches into a great big old metaphor. I have been feasting as with one my does. enemy. Where on a sudden one hath wounded me, that's by me wounded. And then it goes on both our remedies within thy help and holy physic lies. So basically. I'll tell thee before you ask it of me again, because I know you're prone to do that. But <laughs> what are you pointing at? You like to point at You can't you. see that. Sounds like I, I have I it absolutely here. can. Not. <laughs> We've got the mic covering. Yes. Un unfortunately, you can't screen. see the mic, but it's a very nice microphone. Thank you. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Thank you. I am a very nice guy. So... <laughs> Would you like to explain this metaphor? I wouldn't. After common <laughs> romantic literature, metaphor describes love as a madness in need of medicinal remedy. A physic. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, however, need a spiritual remedy for their situation. A wedding or a ceremony. So, basically, here's another example of very romantic literature, as I've just read, the kind of Love enemies to lovers arc. I think this may have been one of the very first enemies to lovers arcs, although I could be so incredibly wrong and probably yeah. You probably are. But um that being said, it's by no no question that it's the most famous. Um for sure. One hundred percent. And yeah. so yeah. And um up here we've also have Um I've been feasting with mine enemy where on a sudden or where suddenly one hath wounded me this by me wounded. Um so that's just an example of Another common metaphor of love as war in romantic literature. And playing on that Cupid arrow penetration. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, I bear no hatred, blessed man, for lo, my intercession likewise steads my foe. Um, so I bear no hatred, blessed man, for lo, um, my request likewise profits my foe. Um, so really, I don't hate the man. I don't hate him. My request, the request that I am about to present you with, it'll be, it'll profit them. It'll be great. Friar Lawrence then launches in, 
saying, Be plain, good son, and homely in thine drift. Riddling confession finds but riddling shrift. And what that means is, Be plain, be clear, good son, <laughs> and homely, simple in thy meaning. He's confused. He's a confused old man. He doesn't understand what <laughs> Romeo's saying. He has saying. no idea what Romeo's going um, on about. He's like, enough with the metaphors. But he launches himself into quite the pun. Yeah. The most aggressive pun, perhaps. Riddling confession finds, but riddling shrift. So in the Catholic faith, worshippers confess their sins to a priest who assigns penances for them to perform and grants them forgiveness for their sins, mind you. Here, the friar puns on the word riddling. To riddle can mean to present someone with a riddle or a puzzle, as we all know it to be. Or it can mean to pass something through a sieve or scream out of unwanted part. Friar Lawrence is warning Romeo that if this confession is riddling or puzzling, then the absolution he will grant will be riddling or of little value. So basically, if you keep speaking in tongues that I can't understand, then you're not going to get much of a solution to your problem, which the solution is, please marry me to uh, <laughs> the beautiful Juliet. Yeah. There you go. Romeo replies, then plainly know my heart's dear love is set on the fair daughter of rich Capulet. Um... Really not much here, nothing too fancy. He's essentially just saying, fine then. Know my heart's dear love is set on the daughter of the Capulet, on Juliet. Um, so essentially just confirming that he's moved on from Rosalind, and now his love is elsewhere. As mine on hers, so hers is set on mine. So my heart's set on hers, her heart is set on mine. We are, this is a mutual feeling, as opposed to Rosalind, where it was one-sided, complete and total simping. Um, he's off. He's... <laughs> Just hate And all combined, save what thou must combine by holy marriage. Um, and all combined except for what you must combine by holy marriage. Um, so we are one except for the whole marriage thing. That hasn't happened yet. But we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. We're trying. We're trying. When and where and how we met, we wooed and made exchange of vow. We did. It was fun. It was a great time. <laughs> I'll tell thee as we pass, but this I pray that thou consent to marry us today. And so, basically, we when and where and how we met, and that's all trivial, and I'll tell it all to you, if you are so curious. But, before I do that, you must agree to marry us today. Or you're getting none of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the flyer replies, what? Well, nope. Holy St. Francis, which is like, oh my god! Oh. Boy! Oh, bollocks! <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then. Yeah. What a change is here. He's like, oh my god, you've changed so much. God, what? It's Rosaline that thou didst love so dear, so soon forsaken, uh, or so soon abandoned. He's really just folk, he's tunnel vision. He's like, so you don't like Rosaline anymore. Like, we've been over this. This was a whole thing. You were in love with her. You cried over her. And she's just going to the side so fast. Young men's love then lies not truly in their hearts, but in their eyes. He's saying that a young man's love cannot lie in his heart, or he would not be so soon able to throw him aside. He's like, you just thought she was hot. She was. We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that. She was pretty Why don't you just continue, huh? <laughs> <laughs> she, she was pretty attractive. Oh, boy. Oh, goodness. 
but in their eyes, Jesu Maria. Jesu Maria? Jesu Maria! Jesu Maria! What a deal of brine <laughs> hath washed thy sallow cheeks for Rosaline. And what does that mean? Well, you tell me. Jesu Maria is just another exclamation. Oh my god! Jesu Maria! Jesus Christ! Pardon the sirens, people. They're coming after us. They don't like what we're doing here today. <laughs> what a deal of brine, what a deal of salty water hath washed thy sallow, dull yellow cheeks for Rosalind. So you cried so much for Rosalind, and how much salt water thrown away in waste to season love that of it does not taste. Meaning you cried over her, you weeped for her, you simped for her aggressively. All we could hear of was Rosalind. That's all we could hear of. Yeah, and here and also... And now you've thrown her to the wayside. Why? Because you're Romeo. He seems awfully passionate about this, but... Extremely. Um, uh, we've also got maybe an illusion, a metaphor. No. A, a historical reference. To season can also mean to preserve, and brine, a.k.a. salt water, in this case, tears, is used as preservative. But it's been wasted here since Romeo's relationship with Rosalind hasn't lasted very long. But the phrase can also mean to flavor, in the sense the flavor has been wasted since Romeo never got to taste his relationship with Rosalind. He kissed that girl on the first night. Rosalind, he didn't get anywhere. He did not get shit from Rosalind. The sun, not yet thy sighs from heaven clears, thy old groans yet ringing in mine ancient in mine ancient ears. Lo, upon here, nope. Lo, here upon thy cheek the stain doth sit of an old tear that is not washed off yet. If ever thou wast thyself, and these woes thine, thou and these woes were all for Rosaline. And art thou changed? Pronounce this sentence then. Women may fall when there is no strength in them. So we've got a little bit of a proverb here. A little bit. This proverb has two possible interpretations. The first being physically weaker women may fall if not supported by a stronger man. So taking it literally. Mm -hmm. Or two, morally weaker women may be unfaithful without the example of reliable, consistent men. Um, which, you know, it's, 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 it's right for the time, I suppose. I have some quarrels with the idea, but that's fine. <laughs> it's Friar. I don't expect much from him. Romeo comes in and goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's misogynist. You're a misogynist. That's not what he says at all. <laughs> no, he says, thou tries me off for loving Rosalind. So he goes, look, man. Look, my buddy boy, my main man. My buckaroonie. You told me <laughs> that I was too in love with Rosalind. You chided me. For loving her. You scolded me often for this. God. And now, as soon as I find someone else, you're just going after me about her as well. I don't know. I cannot please you. To which he says, For doting, not for loving people mine. So, aka, I scolded you for being infatuated, not for loving her, my dear pupil. And Romeo says, Well, you makes me very love. You requested that I just shove love right under, into the dirt, into... <laughs> <laughs> You requested that I take Love's head and just ground that thing into the pavement. Fry Lawrence cuts him right off, not in a grave, to lay one in, another out to have. So he's like, I didn't intend you to bury it, only to dig up another one. Oh, God. Romeo then says, I pray thee, enough with the lecturing. 
her I love now doth grace for grace and love for love. Allow. Allow. The other did not so. Now, so, what that means oh, is... Go on. I will. Now, what that means is, I just, please, stop lecturing me. I've had enough of it. Her that I love now has grace for grace's sake and loves for love's sake. The other was just... <sighs> she didn't really do that. Didn't no. do it for me. She didn't kiss me. She didn't do as pilgrims do. <laughs> you would understand that, Friar. In fact, you taught me. God damn it. <laughs> the Friar replies with, Oh, she knew well thy love did read by a rote that could not spell. So he's saying to Rosalind, Your words sounded like something you would memorize from a book of love poems instead of your own thoughts. So he's like, She, you weren't genuine. To Rosalind, he was not genuine. He was fake. She didn't really, she wasn't feeling it. And Friar knows that. Rosalind knew that. Romeo doesn't get it. He doesn't. He doesn't understand. Um, and he continues by com but come, young waverer, come go with me in one respect. I'll try assistant B for this alliance. May so happy prove to turn your household, your household's rancor to pure love. So he's saying, but all right, fine. I'll I'll do what you want me to do. I will try to you know carry out this request of yours because. Now that I think about it, this alliance between you and Juliet may prove to turn your household's rancor or hostility to love. So he thinks that this marriage could turn the tides for the two families. That by them getting married, the feuds and the hostility between the two houses can, may, may, evaporate, may evaporate and um, bring peace. Romeo says, enough of this. Oh, let's depart. I insist on sudden haste. So he's like, all right, let's go. We gotta do it. We gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Um, Friar Lawrence, wisely and slow, they stumble that run fast. So he's really like, yo, <laughs> slow down or you're gonna stumble. And this is not gonna go well. Through life. Alrighty then. So that was scene three. Scene three. Done and dusted. <laughs> That's been our episode, folks. We got Friar. We got Romeo. We got, um, Interplay, dialogue, boom, boom, jabba, jabba, rock and little, the, Some plot progression here. I think we've had a lot oh, of yeah, not all that. yeah, plot progression. I think we've had a lot of not that for the last couple scenes. Oh, yeah, 100%. So um, we got some plot coming in. They're getting married. Friar's like, yeah, I'll do this. Maybe it'll be good for the family, for the for society. For society. All that feud, gone. Instantly. I mean, and, um, you know, it's, it's charming that he thinks that that's what this is going to do. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it. You know what? Come back for the next episode. Come back for the next episode. Scene four, maybe five, if you're on Frisky. The Anything and Everything podcast. Tune back in next week. We love you. Make check sure. Instagram. Yes, make sure you check it out on Instagram, TikTok. I was going to say Facebook. We're not on there. We're not on there. Uh, we've got the website, YouTube, where you can see this. All of this. <laughs> um. We got a sponsor. We're sponsored for this episode by Anchor. If you are wanting to start a podcast for zero money whatsoever, join Anchor. It's a truly great service, which Rowan and I went over to. We had a paid service, but chose to switch over to Anchor. Why? Because it's just simply better. Sometimes the best things in life are free. And so with that, we will see you next week. We love you. Good night. Bye. Peace.